Hello, and welcome to the first official installment of Certified Fresh. I'm your host, Z, here to give insight on, well, some things Line Drive. We've got a great episode lined up for y'all this week. We'll start by investigating who and what's behind the newest hashtag at Line Drive, hashtag Trelsey. Then, we'll get a deeper dive into sales enablement and how Anthony's leading that team to transform our organization and ultimately drive sales growth. And we'll wrap up with a sesh featuring our inside sales team, giving you a little peek into who's dialing those phones in Itasca. Enjoy! Right, I'm I'm excited. I've got uh, officially like the hottest sensation at Line Drive. Our only hashtagged team, hashtag Trelsey, Tracy and Kelsey. How are you today? Woo! <laughs> I love. Thanks it. So, for having us, Z. Yes, this is exciting. I I saw Tracy. Tracy jumped on a call and she had the shirt on. I was like, oh, I, I like immediately had to know what is hashtag Trelsey. So like, <laughs> where does this come from? Give me the give me the origin story here. Yeah, um, so we're really the dynamic duo, the um, program, biz dev, awesome team that we want everyone to be a part of and get excited about. No, it actually, um, I think, came from a, a Warner business, quarterly business review where Chris Hoy accidentally merged our names when he was saying something and it came out as Trelsey and we just latched onto it. So we're no. running with it. I've seen so far you've got the t-shirts, um, which, which you're probably sporting. Is there like a whole merchandising or marketing plan beyond that? <laughs> is, there, is there additional swag to come? We're going to let it trickle out a little bit, you know, at a time over the course of 21. We don't want to be too obnoxious, but I, I'm Wait. sure there will be more. But yeah, so I, I like the whole thing. For me, like what it resonates, and I joke about this because Kelsey is constantly on like any phone call, somebody mentions like, oh, I think I'll work in the field. And she's like, what about Valen? What about Fish? And like immediately like is in there. So I, I see this as like as a good synergy. And, and, and you know, how do you how do you guys um, see this evolving as part of, of Kelsey's harassment campaign to get more attention to maybe <laughs> our, our um, less less talked about distributors? Okay. So it's, it's great because I've got somebody who matches my enthusiasm and level of energy and is just coming so ready to get after everything. So the hashtag makes perfect sense because at this point, Tracy and I work so much together all day long that at some point we're going to end up being the same human. So we might as well just kind of merge those names and get it over with. But um, it's been awesome. Having Tracy's been great. You know, it's, it's different the people that we support because you know, unlike some of the larger distributors that might have 60 program managers for all different categories and, um, you know, hundreds of people in the field, we're more limited with that. So we work a lot closer. The people she works with with programs are also the ones that impact sales, and, you know, kind of vice versa. So on the program calls, on the biz dev calls, on all of these things, we just are working really, really close together on them. So, so like a, a Granger, if, if you were to drop a hashtag Trelsey to somebody they'd be like what but at you know at valon or maybe at, at motion they're like oh yeah yeah tracy and kelsey like i get it correct so, talk to me a little bit i want to dive in because i think this is this is i don't say unique but it's an, an awesome partnership you have i think of someone like valon and you know for years I, I, I joked that you know i called on them when they were hagemeyer and they they've sort of had this evolution of hagemeyer and and um moving into to valon and they've had a lot of changeover and it really seems like 2020 was an impactful year for us and 
I would say from an outside looking in, it, it's almost as if you have if taken a different approach. Can can you both share what what have you done differently? How have you approached Valon in a way that's really it's it's obviously resonated with them both corporately or at the headquarters and in the field? Um, I think the big thing um, is they had a restructure in August. So part of it, I think, is their renewed focus on the business and how they go to market. So um, where they were really kind of disjointed and all over the place and lack that focus now with their new structure, it makes it a lot easier to work with them and help them grow their sales. Um, and then from our side of things, I think because Kelsey and I work so closely together with the same people and we're constantly feeding off each other, she knows what I'm working on to get pushed at a program level. I have intel on opportunities she and the field are working on to create that demand. And when we can communicate that um, collectively, it really, it gives us a lot of, of credibility. It gives Line Drive a much more elevated position in their mind. And so we've been able to create some relationships that quite honestly had been lacking. And part of it was their fault, like I was saying, with their fragmentation. And part of it was just us maybe not understanding exactly how to um, effectively work with them. Kelsey, what about from, from your side, from bringing the, the field piece back? Do, is there a secret sauce? Is there, what are we, what are we bringing that other manufacturers maybe haven't figured out? Sure. So I will say kind of going into Valen, um, especially at the very beginning, I very much treated them like everyone else. I treated them like a Granger, like a Fastenal. Um, I made assumptions about the way that they go to business. And I finally had a conversation um, with a guy named Ken Coates who said, listen, we are not like everybody else. They can't try and treat us like everybody else. This is how we're doing. And it was the first time I really sat back and just listened and I heard the frustration in his voice about how, you know, across the board, not just us, but manufacturers from the top down, ones they've had 20 year relationships with, still don't understand integrated, corporate, strategic. They don't understand what those large accounts are trying to accomplish. So I think once I finally, you know, shut my mouth and opened my ears and listened to what he was saying, it completely changed how I spoke to Val and how we did the trainings, how we had the conversations. Um, and then at, at, at this point with Tracy on the program side and driving that, we were saying, I think it was even yesterday before, at this point, Valen has almost just surrendered to the fact that if we come to them with a manufacturer, they're going to have to add them with a program to some level because we're not going to not sell them in the field. So it's, okay, what, what do we need to do? And they've seen what we've been able to accomplish on the field side and how much we're interacting, that it's you know, allowed us to then go and have conversations around things like Warner and then Tracy having that experience on the programs, knowing exactly what Valen needs to get Warner a core blue status and displace Louisville, which is obviously huge for business. Right. So it's basically, I, I want to say like a, a beat them to death strategy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's my only strategy ever. So we're tenacious chihuahuas. If you want to think of it that way, I like it. I, like they have no choice, but I love that it's, it's you know using the the resource of the field and then Tracy, your skill and understanding the program and really selling the value to say, look, you, you don't have a choice. You've got you've got this powerful army out in the field selling this stuff down, and if you don't submit it, you're just making it harder for yourself. So you might as well give in. Yes. 
Which is good. That's cool. I, I guess, and, and part of it, Kelsey, I, I want to like tag in this for a second that I, I, I laugh because, you know, I hear this all the time from, from some of the newer people that I, that I have calls with. It's always like, well, Kelsey reached out and hooked me up with this person from promotion and I called them and I have a million dollars of business. Or Kelsey like, told me I should call this person for Valen. Like, oh my God, it's so great. Like, do you tire of hearing that? Like when, you, when you're pushing people, there's, there's always like this revelation. It's just like, yeah. No, I love it. It's the best. I literally live for that kind of stuff because they, they are awesome. And it is finding that one to two people from each one of the distributors. You know, I said from the beginning, you don't have to reach out to all 60 of these contacts combined, right? Because that's not what's going to get the, what's going to get it done. That's going to be a nightmare, but it is finding those one to two people that get it, that get the messaging and that will rely on you and will bring huge opportunities. That's, that's how all these guys are different, but they're the same that way. You find your good people at Granger, you find your good people at Basel, Fisher, Motion, Valen, MSA, all of them. And it doesn't take a whole army. It takes four or five people that can really move the ball and get things going. And anytime I can align people to those types of situations and those those people in the field, it's great. So yeah, that's a, the fair across the board. Find find the people that want to work with you and can bring you those opportunities and stick with them. Do right by them. Yeah, and just hound them until they work with you. Sometimes. So so Tracy, you've been with us six eight months now. Yeah, um, I think six this month. I started July thirteenth. So. Okay. so you've had a, you've had a chance to dive in. Oh, exactly six six months in a day. So you you've had a chance to dive in. What's been your biggest? I don't want to say success. What's the thing that you're most proud of so far? Um, gosh, I think probably um, it's the the relationships that we're creating at Valen because that was kind of the lowest point and the one where we were bleeding the most um, and really the toughest cookie because the guy that's the VP there. Um, just really doesn't appreciate what a rep agency brings to the mix and didn't understand that much about line drive. So I think the fact that we've turned that ship around and we have a lot of good things on tap for 21, we got some new programs approved. Um, we've got some more in the pipeline that we're working on. I think that one um, is probably the the proudest, you know, personally for me. That's good. I mean, the helping them understand the value of, of a hashtag Trelsey plus the rest of the, the team behind it. That's going to be good. So Kelsey, what's up for 2021? What, what do we see? What's on the horizon? Oh gosh. Well, the, the beauty is that now we've got so much working, you know, Tracy's got so much on the program side of things. It's just unstoppable. It's almost like every time we get one program going, it's all right, well now they've, they've agreed to sign on to this and I will also say that Tracy's been able to accomplish things that I never thought would be humanly possible, including getting mega comfort programs with all the distributors. Um, she's gone in with storage, she's got part numbers, all these Rockwell things that, you know, when we had conversations with her, like, this is going to be a stretch. And doing that while also implementing programs with and updating existing manufacturers. So, MCR and Valen is going to be a huge one. Um, we've got some good reporting. We've got access to information this year with all three of them that we never had before. So really now it's just the execution piece. It's figuring out all these pieces that we have and like a puzzle, putting them together in a way that makes sense. So um, I would say there's really the biggest opportunity with Valen because the, the programs and the tier that we've done um, 
Fisher is going to be exploding. They just hired a ton of new resources in the field and they're hungry. DuPont's actually advertising out on all their presentations to the new sellers to reach out to Line Drive. Um, so I know four or five people have already called and said, I had a new safety specialist reach out. So um, just big things. I think last year was a huge learning year, just figuring out the landscape. And now that we have that in combination with Tracy on the programs, just driving it through, it's going to be really empowering for the field team. That's great. I mean, yeah, 2020 was the foundational year, it sounds like. You know, let's get everything lined up, figured, I guess, I don't say figured out, but really understanding how to best engage. And then, you know, coming out of the gates in 2021, it seems like we're, we're very, very strong and well positioned to win. Absolutely. Best engaged and then best engaged in a pandemic and then best engaged when there's layoffs. And now going into the new year, it's like, wow, we accomplished all these things with a lot of challenges. You know, hopefully we see some of those challenges kind of dropping off and it's just going to be even better. That's awesome. Well, thank you both. I love the insight. I look forward to all the updates and teams and all the, the Trelsey swag that's going to come out. So thank you both. Looking forward to a great 2021. Thanks, Z. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Z. Thanks, Susie. See ya. So for our main segment today, I'm coming to you with one of the hottest buzzwords in sales and marketing and, and overall just training and selling this year, and that's sales enablement. Uh, you hear this frequently on podcasts and journals, people who are thought leaders, which is a favorite of mine, have, have all been talking about sales enablement. And uh, to get us a better understanding and help us understand what does that mean and how that impacts Line Drive, I thought there's probably someone here I could talk to about it. So I went to our website and looked up uh, our people and found uh, we have someone named Anthony Chrissy, who's our sales enablement EVP. So Anthony, hello. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Brian. How are you, man? I'm doing well. This is uh, this is good. I, I like um, near and dear to my heart, mainly because we've attended lots of seminars and trainings and talking about how to develop our team and, and bring a, a true sales enablement culture. So um, I'm glad that you're on and we can talk through this. Yeah, buddy. I'm glad to glad to be on. Thanks for having me. It's definitely uh, it's definitely been a good 15 year haul for me and you through a bunch <laughs> of different stuff together. So. Oh, we'll get there. We can dive into this history. We've got some stories, some some that are able to be broadcast and, and some not. But uh, sure. starting us out, just you know, Anthony's a sales enablement EVP, and, and a lot of people know Anthony as the swag guy or the company right. call leader or the guy that yells at you for making a custom flyer. So maybe uh, let's dive in. What, what exactly is Anthony's role? What, what let's is not forget. Doing? Let's not forget chief line card editor for the. <laughs> we want to make sure that Mike Donzi's listening, right? So. Chief, chief dream crusher. When someone comes <laughs> to you and asks for yeah. a specialized Northern Mississippi air gas specific line card, and then you, they get the swift no. Right. Right. All of that. No. Uh, good question. I, I do often ask myself what it is that I do. Uh, but just as a reminder, the, the core pillars to sales enablement at Line Drive are marketing, sales operations, uh, training, and let's not forget IT. So, you know, when it comes to what I'm doing is I'm managing the relationship between, from the IT standpoint, us and Stratum. So making sure everything is going as it should and deploying new resources into play when we need them. 
from a marketing standpoint, we have a new relationship uh, as of last year with Dorn Marketing. And uh, my job with them is to really program everything with them to be able to cascade it down and out with our manufacturers as well as internally with our team. Sales Ops has kind of a you know umbrella to you're gonna probably hear a little background noise in a second, but that's okay. That's Everybody okay. Get, everybody's gonna enjoy some Isabella and Sienna now and then, right? right. Um, yeah, no, the sales ops kind of umbrellas a lot of different things. It could be anything from systems to processes uh, to uh, various different pieces of in infrastructure in the business. I think that's, um, right. That's kind of an interesting piece. Uh, that sales ops, and I, I don't know if people are familiar. You know, some of the areas that you help, whether it's lead or direct. Well, on that. it's it's definitely meant to be in the background. You know, it's meant to be that skeletal that that we need that doesn't necessarily need to be glamorous, but it's making sure the CRM works and making sure the systems talk to each other and making sure that there is a process for how we do various different things. And there are some things in our business that are really well processed and there's others that still need work and help, you know, and it's a, uh, you know, it's a backbone for the entire uh, company. Every, every department in the company needs some sense of operations uh, and process built to it. Well, I think that's a little bit uh, on you, or maybe just sort of like your DNA is that I, 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 you approach things, you're always looking at like, how can I make this better? What can we do to yeah. be more efficient or just more clear? And, and I, I think a lot right. of plays in that sales operations. I think we've all had the experience when we go through something and we're like, ah, that was clunky or, oh, that didn't necessarily do it for me. And, you know, certainly uh, some of us see an Excel spreadsheet come or, you know, something come through and like, man, this seems uh, like it could be done better. So, <laughs> yes, there are minions in the background. Yes, uh, we're, this is the uh, 2021 version of 2020. So, it's, right, sure, yeah, exactly. Everyone's so. got a lot, of, a lot of assistance in the home office. Yes, exactly. So, so. you've got your hands in a, in a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of different areas. Uh, for those who maybe don't know, we've got people who joined who haven't been with us for 15 years. You know, what, what's been just a quick snippet of background at Line Drive? Yeah, don't forget, we'll get to it. But, you know, that other pillar that I didn't mention was the training piece, which is making sure you're doing what you're supposed to. No, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it is a big piece, though, and I'm, it really does fit with you being on our team uh, to, to tie all those other pieces together. 15 years at Line Drive, I will tell you, I, I got the phone call. I was working at CDW. I got a call from our uh, past sales manager, way past sales manager. And he said, uh, I know you interviewed for the uh, outside sales position for uh, Illinois. Uh, this goes to show timing-wise, too, like how things have <laughs> like changed a lot. He goes, we're really looking for somebody more mature in that position after the person just, just left uh, Line Drive. Um, so I don't think it's a fit for you, um, but um, I'll keep you posted. I said, well, what about your inside sales manager position? He said, oh, yeah, I haven't even thought about that. I said, well, I'm managing a sales team at CDW right now. Why wouldn't I just interview for that? Mm -hmm. And uh, long story short, I came into the line drive as that inside sales manager position, managing the inside sales team of one at that time. It grew to two. As you know, and some others uh, do as well, we could get to it at a, at a later date. It, our our business dynamic changed, and we decided to get away from inside sales at that time. And uh, that's when I went into outside sales and started covering Illinois and eventually Wisconsin with you, as we talked about previously. And 
and then after that, there was an opportunity to move to Philly. So I moved to Philly and started opening up uh, the territory there. And, and basically, as we got more responsibility on the East Coast, you know, I went and started trudging that that path, you know, in those new places. So there was a time when, you know, I was going from Philly to New York, uh, Philly to Boston. I was flying to see Scott in North Carolina. I was flying to Florida to get that up and going. I was working with Laura in Georgia at the time, you know, so it was, you know, it really went from inside sales to outside sales to sales manager to me making my way back to Chicago and saying to JJ, you know, I know you want a new tagline, but we don't even have marketing. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't, right. we don't even have, you know, the infrastructure of that. And that was five years ago that we started this more yeah, than that, more than five years ago. Right. I think so. Yeah. You left out part when you were in Philly, you were working on the air gas team as well. Yeah. Right. Right. So I went, so you're right. I was, I was a national account manager in what's now known as a, as a SAM. Um, we did not have a relationship with air gas at that point in time, really. It was vague at best. And, uh, that was line drives first entree into building corporate relationships at air gas. Yeah. I, I, I did want to leave it out. Cause I think, uh, one of the, one of your unique strengths, uh, besides your wicked hair is the fact that you've done sales, you've done, you know, the Sam role, you've been in a management role, you've worked with inside sales, we've done marketing, you've done some ops. So, you know, when you're coming to approaching line drive, you've got this, this very wide view and understanding of, of many aspects of our business, most aspects of our business. Yes. Don't worry, Denise, I'm not coming to take over finance. Again. <laughs> that won't happen. And Alibos, you're safe in HR as well. And but other than that, yeah, you're right. Mad. <laughs> Which is good. So um, I mentioned we kicked this off. Like sales enablement is the hot topic, uh, and it has been for for a little bit now. You and I are constantly getting invited to seminars and training and, yeah. and companies that are playing in this space. And you know, how do you define sales enablement? Well, the, the thing is, you know, I look at it as those four pillars, like we talked about. You know, training, IT, sales, uh, sales operations, and marketing all coming together, and you know, in a way. Uh, you know, creating this nice synergy. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think this is the year for sales enablement to really take flight because we built a lot of foundation with the systems and the things last year. We're going to continue to sharpen the blade on that this year, but it's really more about allowing our salespeople to sell more effectively and with greater velocity and to be able to win deals faster, bigger deals, et cetera, all the stuff that would essentially uh, enable you to be better at your job. And it doesn't necessarily end with sales. There's there's other ways that that can happen from a process standpoint and uh, features in, in other parts of the business. But primarily, you know, as the, as the title says, yeah, it's, a, it's enabling those salespeople to do their job more, more efficiently. Right, I think, you know, it's not as the components of it aren't new. You know, Granger's has long had like uh, sales effectiveness people, right? But uh -huh. you know, I think that's such a narrow view. And a lot of what we've heard about sales enablement is taking that, yes, being more effective, but using other resources like tools, like systems, like technology to really drive yeah. that. It's funny, I was talking to Lana Sorensen from WD40 yesterday. We're getting ready to put together a marketing campaign with her and WD40 for uh, February, March timeframe. And <laughs> she was just talking to the, you know, the, her group and, and the CEO over there and president. And she laughed and I was like, what? And she's like, let me show you the slide. And she shows me this slide that, uh, 
basically WD-40 basically created a sales enablement department modeled off of what um, we had. So they basically took their pillars and and, and she's like, everything you've showed me and told me, plus what I learned when I was working with Granger, she's like, this is where it's going. And I think that you're right. The sales effectiveness team, you know, at Granger in the past when we've worked with like Rob uh, Laughlin and people like that, really good stuff. What it lacks is um, having hands-on with the systems. Like this year, we're going to roll out Zoom info and uh, allow you know us to have better uh, you know better data and better data enrichment. You know, also the mar- the whole marketing is we're spending money and our manufacturers are spending money to drive demand and leads to our salespeople. We've not done that before until you know last year, and really we'll go full steam at it this year. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, there's the, the Dorn marketing piece and people are like, Dorn, what's Dorn? But yeah. you know, I think most people are lightly familiar. We did the construction call on the, the field team. Mm-hmm. We've done uh, some marketing uh, with Zoll and the Power yeah. stuff. And this is a corporate. Yeah, we're doing um, some stuff with Sword and, and uh, Mega Comfort with them right now. Right. So talk a little bit. So we brought Dorn in. We've known Dorn. Dorn's been in our atmosphere for, for a while now. And walk us through it. What's, yeah. what's the vision with having Dorn as a marketing partner? Yeah, really cool. Uh, good question. So we have known Dorn for a while. They are they started many many years ago as a pure ad agency, marketing agency, if you will. And over time, they've really grown and developed into more of a consulting firm, much like we are. However, they don't have salespeople. You know, all of the people that they have that are based in copywriting and marketing and digital, you know, media and video and. Uh, data enrichment and and things like that. So, in a way, they they really fit very nicely with us because it would for us we'd have to go hire all those people, um, and to be able to do what we're doing with them today. And if you think of it like this, when you pay Line Drive to be your outsourced sales function, you know, let's say you're paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and you get sixty five people or sixty some people. It's kind of the same thing with Dorn. We're paying this this chunk of money for 60 some people to work on our behalf. Um, and they've got all the specialists that can augment the stuff that I'm doing, Amy's doing, you're doing to be able to really pull it through at a greater level. So um, those, are, those are our main reasons for wanting to work with them primarily uh, outside of that because they have such a, a great uh, pulse on this industry. Yeah. You know, they, they, they know these brands, we're not educating them on how to market in the MROP, you know, uh, segment. Yeah, I mean, they definitely obviously have knowledge. They've been building content and, and lead aggregation for these types of manufacturers for a, a while now. So it's definitely, oh yeah, certainly yeah. The, the reach they've added. I think it's kind of interesting. It makes me think a little bit, you know, you mentioned about when companies hire us and traditionally, you know, they've hired us for our sales force. It's like, yep, you got industry, you got people at, at corporate, go do it. And looking at how that involves, and maybe we can talk about some, but think about the, with Zoll. And, you know, yes, Zoll hired us because of our access and, and getting out to the, the right customers, both end user and, and headquarter. But, uh, you know, I think of the stuff we've done with these campaigns, we're bringing them additional marketing resources. Uh, I've had conversation with people in their marketing department that basically they're like, it's too tough on our side. Can Amy put something, right. can your team put something together? And, and then we do. And it's great to see them not just coming to us and be like, what's your close goal? But like, hey, help us develop literature. What's the, what ideas do you have? How can we drive our business? And I think that's a, a cool way that we've been able to bring extra value. Well, 100%. And when the leadership team went through the strategy document this past 
fall, summer, whenever it was that we went over it, and you saw the pillars to line drive, sales enablement is one of those pillars mm -hmm. that we're going to be talking about. So when we get hired, we want people to understand that to be successful, you need that HQ sales, you need the you need the inside sales, you need sales enablement. So the Zoll example is a really good one because what people might not realize or, or understand is that Zoll bought cardiac science and then Corona hit, okay? And th those two companies have never come under the same roof as each other because the pandemic hit right at the same time as their merger came together. And then they were dilly-dallying around a, a bit about what the name was going to be, or you know, I don't want to say dilly-dallying, but they took a, a while to, to figure out what the name was going to be, and the name ended up coming back as being Zoll, and we had to differentiate ourselves. All that stuff that went into creating the logo, creating how we were going to market ourselves, we worked on with them because they didn't have the resources to do it. And when we went to them and said, like, hey, can we get a video? Hey, can we get these images? Can we get this? The answer was like, I don't even know about this stuff yet because we really haven't even worked on this stuff with cardiac. Right. Um, so, you know, we were pulling stuff in a couple different directions and uh, we, we just stood up our own campaign and they were, you know, totally blown away by it. They were like, that was awesome. You did exactly what what we wanted you to do, what you thought you were going to do. Let's take it to the next level and figure out what we want to do differently. But we earned major cred there from their leadership team that we helped them out in a pinch because they weren't ready to promote this highly differentiating product in the middle of, uh, right. Yeah. I don't know if people, a lot of people know that, that we made, we actually designed the logo, built it out, you mm -hmm. know, the whole thing. I think it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to, you know, again, you don't necessarily think of line drive as doing that, but we, we are, as we expand and we partner with these right people. And I think that's a big piece. Um, I'm not going to promote other people's podcasts cause it's the only podcast, but you'd mentioned on a podcast that you were on, you know, about, um, sort of the stigma of manufacturer rap and, and traditionally like, you know, what you get, we hire yeah. some sales guys. Um, you know, and it's, you know, in this case, it's you know, showing clear differentiation to other people, bringing data, bringing info back, and then using that to drive sales, you know, not just um, create noise. I think that's just it. So, you, you know, me long enough to have known that I, I really want to break the, the stigma of rep agencies and what people think of like by that. And when we have these conversations about sales enablement services with manufacturers, most of them are like, well, we do this. We have a marketing department or we have a brand team that do this. They're not used to talking to us about this kind of stuff or sharing what they would spend on it or anything like that. So with that being said, you know, we educate them on what our capabilities are and we are also, you know, sharing with them. Yeah. We outsource some stuff. We insource some stuff. So, you know, we're giving them a full picture so that they know, um, you know, from any side of marketing or technology of, of coming into their brand, we have a solution, right? You know, and that's something really powerful because you look at, you look at the difference between some of our manufacturers, we've got really big manufacturers like Bosch and DuPont who have huge limitless resources on stuff like, uh, marketing. And then we have other manufacturers who are just getting off the ground with some of it. You know, uh, somebody like Greenfield gets, you know, comes to, comes to mind. Ty Taylor's said that multiple times, you know, Hey, we got to get into this digital market stuff. And it's, you know, they're, 
they're slower to the game, but you know, we're, we're there. Right. I think even interesting though, some of our larger brands, you know, when you're asking for stuff, it's like, well, we don't have the resources or we've never done that. Or, you know, we haven't even thought of it that way. Uh, I think it's unique lately as a team has come to me and others to say like, I wish I had this, or if, if I had this information or this marketing piece or this way to share out, it would be so much more effective. And basically us being able to go back to manufacturer say like, look, I don't need, I just need some information. We'll create it on our own, whether it's a training or right. education session or a marketing piece or an email or whatever that is like, just get us, get us what we need and we'll, we'll put it together. I think it's, it shows that we're effective and, I think and nimble. Yeah, it really does. We can turn around things so much faster, you know, particularly on the stuff that happens internally with Amy. You know, I think most most people have seen Amy's turnaround time is is really expeditious. And we're really fortunate to have, you know, and sometimes it's like fortunate to have her because it's so easy for her to add a logo or add a, you know, footer to something that really personalizes a piece of content that otherwise wasn't that way. Uh, you know, and we're educating our manufacturers as well. There's a lot of people that when you talk to them about documenting cost savings or showing safety and stuff, they don't know how to think of it like that. And it's not criticizing them. They just don't think of it. They're not thinking in terms of anything other than features. And right. And there's, there's a lot of that, the feature and benefits sell. And, and I think we bring a different perspective as how do we approach the customer in the market and what tools do we need to, to show that value and to sell on value. Right. Um, Agreed. You may think you brought up Amy and, and Amy's done a great job of, of you know, the marketing pieces, but you know, Amy also is a big part of our communication and, you know, we've seen changes in, in communication, you know, as far as uh, this week at line drive and company calls and updates, you know, how do you see that changing as we go forward? Well, this is an area where I would encourage people to chime in and, and, you know, send emails and carrier pigeons or teams messages or whatever it is, but because, you know, it's kind of like Goldilocks and, and, and the three bears in my mind. There's always going to be, um, it's either the porridge is either going to be too hot, too cold, just right, you know, however that, that, that goes. Uh, we either communicate too much, not enough. We ultimately are striving for uh, just enough. And we're doing it via multiple mediums to be able to reach people in different ways. I understand that some people might have 14,000 emails in their inbox and I'm going to rescue those people. I'm going to help them out this year, you know, <laughs> with inbox zero. Why are you, look, why are you um, looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, and so maybe those people don't always see this week at line drive. I realize people are slower to, to take to teams, even though that's primarily the best way to communicate internally. Uh, so we're trying to do that. We're trying to mix up the company call. Amy's the backbone to all that too, by the way, all the content gets created by her. It gets funneled into her. She chases everybody down to make sure that it looks right. sounds right. You know, makes it looks polished so that when we show it to everybody, it's all, it's all the right way. Right. I love, I, I love this week at line drive. I think, uh, I think it's highly underutilized. I get a lot of questions that, uh, a lot of people get questions that can be answered of, did you look in this week at line drive? So, uh, and for some people, uh, I think it's a valuable tool if you actually read it. It could uh, it could be an enriching tool, if you will. Yeah, I I think so too. I, I think uh, this week, you know, let's let's look to the 18th. You know, coming here, there. You know, if, if you read this week at Line Drive on the 18th, and you scroll all the way to the bottom, and you make sure you, you get all your information, there might be just something uh, special there for you. So let's 
let's just tease it out there. Let's see who can, who, who uh, takes, takes advantage, advantage of uh, right. enriching their lives. Yes. yes. So, but yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a tool and, and you, you do hope people embrace that, but you know, I think you and I have talked before and, and for the, the group is, is overall, you know, teams is more effective when everyone participates. And as you get more people going there and yes. using it as resources and chiming in and, and answering, I mean, that's where it becomes valuable. You know, it can't just be one person shouting into a void. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So one of the tools we talked tools, um, Showpad. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, heard of it. It's something new. We've made some investment. So, um, you know, obviously there's a great piece there with the content and the coaching. And we've, we've done a lot with both and, and certainly utilize the coaching. Uh, it's almost... Um, I don't say heartbreaking. That's such a, like, it's so dramatic of me. It's heartbreaking to say, you know, the, 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 the big gain was that like in-person selling and be able to pull stuff up and show, yeah. and show people. And then we launched Showpad in March and it's like, oh, God. right, right. Well, you know, look on the bright side of things. We, we definitely bolstered ourselves in a great way in 2020. So we, I don't know if people really remember, you know, cause it's all such a, you know, brainwash, but we completely overhauled SharePoint so that we could get ready for Showpad. So we made things easier to find in SharePoint. Uh, we got all of our data in one place. We stood up teams. All right. And which was there kind of hanging out before and we were using it from a video chat standpoint, but, as far as like the channels and everything were concerned, that wasn't really up and running yet. We were waiting on that because we wanted to do it properly. And then we got Showpad going and essentially made it even easier for people to find stuff. Uh, and for me, that's a big first year of system changes. And that's not even taking into consideration behind the scenes that everybody's not seeing. Amy's working hard on active campaign and getting our email marketing up and running and, um, doing other stuff as well. So uh, I'm really excited about this year because the likeliness of us getting in front of people more this year is is higher. So Showpad's gonna even get more energy. And I think people are finding new and different ways to use Showpad. I mean, I use it internally. I use it with customers like our, uh, excuse me, our, our manufacturer customers because I wanna be able to track and see who's reading stuff and who's using stuff and, and ultimately, Everybody else should want this. Right. Thing. I think, um, you know, we've, we've launched this campaign with uh, MCR and I, I think seeing and, and using Showpad as a tool to, to see that, you know, ha have they opened up the the message? Have they looked at the content and using that to be able to come back and, and continue the conversation? Just one element. And, and you're right. I, we are seeing a lot of people using it in various different ways, building collections, sending emails, referencing stuff with customers, showing I, I've gotten, I've heard we're, we're showing other manufacturers stuff that, you know, maybe this company is doing and why can't I have this? You know, it's, there's great right. sharing that's coming out of it. Yeah. So I, I just, um, I, I really like the partnership there. And I think that we have a lot to continue to do there. The more people get into it, we've got some great users today. People like Becky Carey, Ryan, Layton, power users. You know, yeah, they are. And I think if you're not, if you're not using it the way they are, there's a you heard by now. It is an enablement tool. It's supposed to help enable your, your role and grow your business. And your, to your point, is talk, yeah. like, talk with Latham, talk with Casey, you know, who people who are in there actively using it, you know, how it's drive, driving their business and making it um, easier to hit their numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, 
wrapping up here and thank you for for the good share but what can what can the team do to help you and help help our, our group i guess the sales enablement team what, what can the rest of line drive do to help uh drive sales enablement efforts yeah i think the key is think beyond content okay so oftentimes we think of uh the sales enablement department as creating these flyers and presentations and as two point swag and stuff like that that's all kind of table stakes stuff that's going to be here no matter what we're going to do it regardless but get creative think outside the box think of ways that we can make your job easier think of the the, the ways that your job is bogging you down be a little vulnerable are you somebody who's sitting with a ton of email in your inbox and maybe not managing your pipeline deals as efficiently as you want to raise your hand give me a call get brian a call get pez a call and start the conversation because the sooner the sooner you acknowledge it and, and sooner you see that you, you need help in a certain area the you know the easier it becomes to help you out and, and get you on track and, and it's uh it's really it's really all about that i would think also you know from with us getting into more billable services from the marketing side this year uh and data enrichment with zoom info this year ask questions you know be be really really curious around that stuff on what we could do people like al wagner in the past have been like hey can we do a linkedin post with this medique thing or latham said like hey i want a, bu a bundled solution you know keep those ideas coming there's no bad ideas you know we'll we'll take everything with um the utmost amount of seriousness and figure out what's what's feasible and what's not right think maybe the tagline is think outside the line card <laughs> definitely. all right definitely. Anthony, you're selling yourself short with the line card. That's for sure. right. Um, we, we could do a whole session on on your feelings on line cards and, and everything else, but we'll just uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. So thank you very much for joining yeah, us. That for the line drive on sensor. Yes, line drive on sensor. Thank you for for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. And as always, folks, uh, thanks. Reach Steve. out to Anthony with any ideas, thoughts, questions. He, he's a guy who knows a guy who can get it done. Thank you. You got it. All right. So this next segment, uh, tentatively titling this Greg's Three Sons, a uh, little play off the old show, My Three Sons. Uh, very excited here at Line Drive. We've got a fully staffed inside sales team with three awesome gentlemen. We've got Phil and Nathan and Chris. How are you all doing today? Great. Doing, doing awesome. Awesome. All right. So we thought for this segment, we just, uh, you know, as you're starting to do your huddle ups with the team members, um, you know, we're starting to get to know each other business-wise, and we know from Alila's uh, wonderful announcements um, with some of your past histories. But I thought, how, what, who's the real person behind the headset? You know, who's the, what's the what's the real Chris or Nathan or Phil like? So, um, starting off, you know, always just a little personal stuff. Chris, I know you've got two kids, right? Yeah, I do. I have a six-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl. Okay, so maybe like some self-autonomy there. They're starting to get. Uh, on their own uh, um, kind of except for now uh you know they gang up on you oh <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta be careful I was like, you know, whispering from the other room and you just have to peek your head and like what are you doing and the, my daughter just goes nothing hendrix isn't eating any candy daddy and i'm like oh god here we go <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. That's great. I feel like there's that tipping point between like that they're self-sufficient versus when they're like lighting things on fire and there's like that one happy minute. Yeah. (laughs) None of that yet. Uh, (laughs) Nothing like that yet. Uh, The biggest thing I think is that uh, they think that they're whales in the bathtub. So when you leave them, you come back and the whole floor is covered in water. So I mean, (laughs) I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. (laughs) That's fair. That's good. That seems mildly safe. Now, yeah. Nathan, you've got uh, you have a, a toddler, and then you've got one on the way, correct? That's that's correct. I've got a uh, what is he twenty twenty one months. I'll be one of those parents and count out the months, you know, for as long as I can. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's almost two years old, and then I've got a little girl that's due in a month and a half here. So wow, we're growing. So Chris is going to give you some tips on like the, you know, you've gone from like a two-on-one to a, 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 two, a one-on-one, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I keep it. telling him. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I want to keep my bathroom floors dry, though, so I don't know how much <laughs> advice I'm going to take there. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Good Tom. luck. Good luck. <laughs> sure, I don't know sure. how many times on bath nights of saying, keep the floor dry, and I get a, okay, daddy. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, to at try. least you've set yourself up. You know what's going to go down. Yeah. Now, Phil, we we don't think there's any kids out there. <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's claiming any uh, dependence at that point, right? You, you're good. No. <laughs> Is there any? You know, Chris and Nathan are married. Is there a special person in Phil's life, or are we, we running solo? Yeah, Can I, I have uh, date my girl. She's uh, her name's Talene. She's uh, she's Armenian. So you get a very Armenian name. Um, yeah, we've been dating, we've been talking since last March, we've been dating since July, uh, okay. last year, so, uh, you know, kind of the most, it's been the most serious relationship I've had in my whole life. So, so you, one, you didn't have to go through COVID by yourself? No, and we were, we are very shocked when we met, you know, right as COVID started, and like, you never would have, you know, you you find love when you're not looking for it. So there you go. Sage advice from Phil today for all these single line drivers out there. <laughs> this is the truth, though. That's how I met my wife. I was going out to a friend's birthday party, and I'm like, I'm here to party. And then I left, and I called my buddy, and he goes, "What's her name?" I go, "What do you mean, what's her name?" He goes, "You're only calling me on the way home because you met somebody, didn't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." That happened. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eleven years later. Yeah, that's nice. Um. So we checked out of the kids. Speaking of that, when you were a kid, uh, what job did you really want to do? What were you like passionate about as like a second grader? Oh, I can start this one. I wanted to be a pro wrestler my whole life. I, I love I love the WWE. Like my whole life, I was yes. to be it. Never could find a wrestling name. Um, I'm I'm much rather watch pro wrestling than. Do one. All right. Feel free to comment in teams about uh, what Phil's pro wrestling name should be. What about Nathan? <laughs> oh, Nathan, what about you? What, what was the what was the childhood dream? Yeah, always always wanted to be a scientist. I was I was a kid that was always getting those uh, those science kits uh, for for Christmas and and for my birthday. Um, so so I always always wanted to create some things that were foaming out of beakers and whatnot when I was when I was a little kid. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Uh, God, I wanted to be a ton of things when I was a kid. I remember it changing like all the time. The only thing I wanted to do was own a Corvette one day because my stepdad's favorite car was a Corvette. So I thought it was cool. Like if he liked the Corvette, 
then mm-hmm. I mean it's cool. So I just want to own a Corvette. So it was yeah, a cop, yeah, and then I remember it being a an actor, but a a horror movie actor. Oh, very specific. Yeah, like He's really young because of my yeah. sister-in-law. So <laughs> very cool. Um, all right, Nathan, pizza or cheeseburger? Um, pizza. All right, Phil, sushi or Chinese? Oh, sushi, 100%. All right, Chris, tacos or fried chicken? Oh, fried chicken, 100%. Wings all the way. All right. Um, Chicken wings, chicken wings. Chicken wings wings have been good. We we have the, uh, we have a peanut gallery over here in Greg's office. (laughs) That's great. We'll make sure we edit that out. Um... (laughs) All, so all three of you are based in Chicago. I believe are all three of you from Chicago originally. Well, from or, Illinois, but I'm like south, like okay. uh, like almost Kankakee. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I grew up in in a western suburb of Chicago. Elgin is is where I grew up, and then uh, now I'm up I'm up in the Fox Lake area. Okay. Um. I was asked, do any of you have like weird non-Chicago sports alliances? Are we all Cubs, Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls? Cubs. We have all Chicago sports. Cubs. We have all Chicago sports. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's an odd sports alliance. It's a logical sports alliance. I'm a I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um, Oh come on! Oh yeah. I like I like winning. I like storied <laughs> franchises, you know, that do things the right way. So, yeah, St. Louis can't Cardinal even keep a football team. St. Louis can't even keep a football team. I'm talking about the baseball team here, Phil, okay? Let's stay on one subject here. <laughs> he's, he's big into, big into towns that have one sports franchise only, like Columbus well, well, or something. Oh, the Blues. The Blues are good. Now, I like the Hawks, uh, but the Blues are pretty good. I, I will give them that. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, all right, more more uh, rapid fire questions. Chris, uh, a Lacroix or a lemonade? Oh, lemonade. All right. Um, Amy Amy calls Lacroix uh, uh, like bougie bougie basic water or something like that. So she always gives me a hard time. That's what we call it at home too. Yeah, she gives me, yeah. <laughs> my wife drinks it. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, uh, this is actually pretty good. Monster or coffee? Oh man, that's tearing my military heart apart. Coffee, coffee in the morning, and then monster later at night. So both. I'm gonna say both. Okay, just like mainlining the caffeine. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't want to check my blood pressure. <laughs> All right, Nathan, is it Coke, Pepsi, or for our Texas friends, Dr Pepper? Oh man, um, I'd go Dr Pepper. Really? Yes. Nice. Give me those 23 flavors. Isn't it 23? <laughs> Something like that. Something. I agree. I like that. I like that. Right. So for the three of you, if it's uh, not work hours, um, what what's your adult beverage of choice? What's the after hours choice? Beer. Oh, for me, it's if it's beer, it's Blue Moon, but for a cocktail, it's going to be an old-fashioned. Yeah, you got that orange theme running through? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a... Uh, <laughs> I'm in somewhat of a cocktail kick right now, so I'm I'm making I'm shaking drinks all the time at the house. But the one that I always go back to is a is a Tom Collins. Mm. Ah, 
Yeah. I drank like a lot of those my freshman year of college. I don't know why. Oh, yeah? Maybe it's like, <laughs> maybe it's a way to take basically what gin plus very sweet stuff and just jam it yeah. together and then force it down. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're a few months into this. Um, no, uh, no, no, no worries here. But which, which of our manufacturer partners has been the most interesting to you as you've learned about their products and their solutions? No wrong answers. Mm. For me, it's definitely been MCR and just how much they have in terms of gloves, um, glasses, and whatnot. Like, there's just so much. And I really like it because of their Max's toolbox, and I can go in there and do some crosses and get some prices. It's, it's very user friendly on our end. Okay. I don't know. It's, mine's kind of a toss up just because mine kind of changed this past week, but. Um, Sword was is kind of cool. Uh, I got a guy that just, you know, needed a, a replacement drink to Squincher because his huge customer was just Facebook and Amazon, who are building new facilities, need something without artificial flavors or colors. And I was like, cool. I found this and I started reading up on it more. Kind of forgot about like the stuff that we trained about early on. And wow. It was kind of just cool, like reading about it again. So I think that that's just really fresh off the top of my head. I like it. Success breeds success. <laughs> get, get a win. Yeah. <laughs> get a win. Start yeah. falling in. Nathan, what about you? Yeah, I should have gone before Chris because uh, sword, Sword's been the one thing that's really piqued my interest. Um, just because you always think Gatorade, at least not in the industrial vertical. You know, it's like, oh, Gatorade, yeah, I drink Gatorade to stay hydrated. And then you, you learn about Squincher as well. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, we've got Sword here that, that makes way more sense on so many different levels. Um, and uh, little things I heard Chris talking about is his opportunity there. Just things without the drink doesn't have dye in it, so it's, it won't stain the concrete, you know. So all those all those different layers about sword has been has been cool. So I'd have to yeah, concur. Cool. All right, that's good. Now yeah, I think I, it's also cool because it's like scientifically backed, and you can prove it and everything like that. It you is know? good when, when the claims are backed up, right? Um, all right, I'm gonna final question. Um, I'll st we'll, we'll start with Phil. Tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but I really like poetry. Um, Robert Frost, actually, my favorite favorite poet, um, his his poem "The The Road Not Taken" is uh, something I love. Like I took class I took a class in college specifically on him. Um, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, I love poetry and everything. A guy in the military would love poetry, but just something I enjoy. Okay. Right. Contradiction. I would say contradiction. Just yeah, an unexpected thing, right? So there you go. How about uh, Nathan? What about you? Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a big board game nerd. The strategic Euro style game uh, board games, not necessarily Monopoly, but uh, most people have heard of Catan. And uh, because of that, I'm actually designing my own board game right now. So, mm -hmm. all right. So Phil, Phil's a poetry lover. Nathan's a board game designer. Chris, <laughs> what, what what don't we know about you? What, what do most people don't know about you? Um, most people don't know about me unless they're directly like near me and talking to me every day. <laughs> um, that I have an affinity for tattoos. So I have like nine right now and i have a large sleeve that i'm working on right now oh, wow so that is people who only talk to you on the phone would probably not know that no 
Okay, so I've got one last... I do have one final question. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for Phil. On, on Phil's first day, you were sporting some unique attire. Um, you had a... When we popped on our, our first uh, team session, you had a shirt and tie on. And I said, I said, oh, I said, Phil, you know, what's, what's going on here? And you said, hey, I'm here to dress for success. That's what you said. And I just want to ask, you know, today's three months in. Can you describe to uh, our listeners what you have on today? <laughs> uh, and so I just I have a, a line drive pullover on and underneath is just a just a white plain undershirt so I don't see any tie are we giving up oh. on the ties or the ties is like a, a limited engagement God, it, I, I'll bring it out every now and then you know you know look good feel good there you work go. good the days that you have power calls you pull, pull that tie yeah, around there walking <laughs> the they're, gonna, they're gonna make they're gonna get this sale whether they like it or not <laughs> Perfect, perfect. So, (laughs) Phil, Chris, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thanks for your support (laughs) on the inside. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thank you. See you. Well, that's our show. Thank you all for listening. Unfortunately, I've not tucked in any free gift cards this episode, but hopefully we've entertained you enough that you'll listen to the next one. Subscribe on your chosen platform, smash that like button on Teams, and of course, reach out to me with anything you'd like to know more about Line Drive. Zertified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording is done over janky internet with limited microphones. Your host is me, Brian Zamania, and our technical producer is Amy Struckmeyer.